Good morning. We made it. It's Friday. Woohoo! Farmer's Market Friday. It's a great day to be here in Kerrville. It's going to be a beautiful day today. Uh, it's already sunny. It's currently, it's, it alleges it's 36 degrees outside. I think we'll see a 40 degree temperature uh, swing today. So, yeah, it'll be 73 degrees by 2 o'clock today. Let's get things rolling. Hold on a second. Not on yet. Not on yet. There we go. The Lead Live is brought to you by Pint and Plow. That's where we're at today. We're in a party mood. Texas Hill Country Advisors. Thank you to Andrew and to Gilbert. K-Pub, safe, reliable, and yours. Thank you for K-Pub. And Peterson Health. We'll talk about them here in a moment. And finally, Kerr County Abstract and Title. Thank you for your support. This is the lead live from Kerrville, Texas. And we're having coffee. The best part of any day. All right. Again, good morning to you guys. We'll all be watching. Uh, this morning, I got I got hit immediately with a phone call or from people. Yesterday, I guess a duck. This is important breaking news, folks. A duck got a fish hook stuck in its neck over at the Louise Hayes Park. And the poor duck, and it was weird that the timing of this happened because yesterday uh, we had Tara Bushnow on from the Hill uh, Upper Guadalupe River Authority, and Tara was like, uh, was like, uh, yeah, the, the, there's a lot of dirt and gunk and stuff in the in the river, and it, it's like kind of unfortunate. And I said, yeah, one of the things that bothers me about the river is that there are so many fishermen that are there right now because they're stocking the the <clears throat> the river with with trout. Um, but they make a gigantic mess with their their cast lines, right? They're stuck in the trees, uh, and so this morning I got a I got a, a photo from Kerbal Pets Alive, kind of illustrating this point that there was just tons of just you know hooks and things like that that are out there. So I mean, folks, if you're gonna fish, do your best to pack it out with you. That's the rule of the the, the rule of the deal here, uh, and so. Uh, we really need to be more aware of this this issue, and uh, the river is a pr- is a beautiful resource uh, for sure. So that's something to to think about. Uh, let me get through a couple things before I introduce. Well, let me just introduce my guest first off. We have the great and powerful uh, Justin, aka well Justin Graham, aka Justin Zanzerberg. And uh, how are you this morning? Hey, Lewis, I'm doing great. You're wearing um, multiple layers today. Yes, uh, yes, sir. You've got you've got a postal shirt on too yes postal post office farmer's market absolutely my favorite uh united states postal service that's a good shout out good shout out and then our 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 main guest is part of our our ongoing conversation with uh, the kerr county commissioner's court precinct two candidates uh sonia hooten who is partially immersed in sunlight but we will get that solved here uh, uh, it'll 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 pass. It'll pass. We're trying to constantly make this work. Good morning, Sonia. How are you? Good morning. Thanks I'm glad you're here. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll talk to her in a moment uh, as we get into this conversation about the precinct uh, two commissioner's court race in Center Point and all the things that are going on with this uh, this this very important race for the Kerr County Commissioner's Court. 
Okay, listen, here's the deal, folks. Speaking of the commissioner's court, I, 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 I told Sonia going into this that one of the tough things is, is you have to sit on the board and you have to take listen to people who are uninformed and take criticisms of, of those folks. But I got to tell you, I was, I, I'm disappointed again in the com- commissioner's court, and I'm going to say here's the reason why, is that COVID is on fire in Texas, right? And there's this minimization continuing to go on about this. This is a little bit of commentary here for you to start the morning off with. And, and when, when the commissioners say, you know, it's time to move on, when there's 26 people um, hospitalized, at least 26 people hospitalized, is not really something that is, is to me, like a move-on moment yet. We're not quite there yet. We're, we're almost there. We're, we, I think we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to accept the fact that the virus is going to be with us for a long, long time. But the problem is, is it's still highly infectious and it's infecting so many people, right? And I know that we're all tired of it. I know that we're all sick of, the, of, of coronavirus. And, you know, I write about it every single day. And, you know, um, there are certain things that I understand about this. And the reality of it is, is that we are in the most challenging part of the pandemic. Now, there's an end game here, folks, if you think about this, that's coming. That end game is that we're going to get stuck with this thing for a long, long time. It'll be there. Those who don't get vaccinated um, will will have to deal with this. It's going to be progressively more mild. Again, one of the things that was misinformation that was let out yes on Monday at the commissioner's court meeting was, well, there's so much going on with cedar fever and the flu and the cold, and we you know we don't know what it is and COVID. It's like yeah, but. Cedar fever and the flu and the colds don't put people in the hospital. And it's frustrating for that as well. And so this is where I, I, get, in, I get frustrated with the, the commissioner's court. It's like they don't want to lead on this deal. Now, if you had a brush fire, and yesterday someone was burning something up in uh, where I live, and it was a mess, and you have uncontrolled brush fire, you're going to do everything you possibly can to put it out. But just imagine for a second that you said to yourself, Ah, I don't know. You know, let's burn 350 homes. It'll burn itself out eventually. And then it burns another 400 homes down. Um, that's kind of what I, I liken it to. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. And the thing that I, I find frustrating is that the, the county never gets good information. You know, uh, and that's where I, 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 just, I just can't tell you enough how frustrated it makes me on this deal. Now, so we're going to be stuck with this thing for a long time. I get it. We're tired of it. We're sick of it. Uh, we're almost at the end of it. It doesn't mean that you take the, t- take your foot off the gas and, and, and fight this thing. Um, <clears throat> the message should always be clear. And one of the things that I th- I said you know the other day, and I'm going to repeat it again, is like a lot of these people out there, they go to the commissioner's court. Don't take my don't don't take the ten million dollars because it's so it's so bad for us. But the reality of it is, is this county's taking a hundred million dollars of federal aid, a hundred million dollars if you add it all up. Peterson had to take out a $25 million loan just to stay liquid during the pandemic. That should tell you the severity of this issue. But some of the members of the commissioner's court, I can think about one right now, they'll say, well, you're getting paid more. No, you're not. You're really not. You're getting paid. You're getting reimbursed. And by the way, it's going to be so expensive to treat these people. Um, One, you can't treat most of them because you don't have the equipment to treat them. And two, you don't have the capacity to treat them because there's so many of them. Like, and, and this is one thing that San Antonio Mayor uh, Ron uh, Nirenberg m- mentioned the other day, that, look, you know, we're impacted by all of you other places, all of you other counties out there, you know, uh, in, in San Antonio, because that's where the, that's where the care is going to take place at. 
So if you are seriously sick with COVID and you need ECMO treatments or you need those advanced life-saving um, breathing treatments, you're not going to get it here in Kerrville. You're going to get it down there, which is where most of the folks have died. There was another death reported yesterday, 144th death according to DSHS. Remember, folks, that number is not real. It is not real. It does not include Peterson deaths, does not include um, uh, deaths at the state hospital, does not include deaths at nursing homes, does not include deaths at... Uh, uh, what's the other one that's out there? Uh, assisted living facilities does not include the VA, which I don't even know how many deaths are at the VA. I had four at one point, but I haven't checked in a year. So who knows how many deaths are at the VA? There's like, I don't know. There's a there's a significant number that happened to Audie Murphy. <sighs> All right, frustrating. One forty four is not the number, folks. It's like two oh six now is re- is the actual real number. So there we go. Uh, there was a great story yesterday in the website Vox um, that talked about this, this issue about Texas kind of saying, you know, minimizing it as well. And there, here was a great quote here from a guy named Josh Henderson, who was the president and CEO of the uh, Texas Organization of Rural and Community Hospitals. He said, uh, people in Texas, especially in rural Texas, uh, have prioritized getting back to normal. On some level, I understand that, but the virus is in charge, and until we get control of the virus, we can't get back to normal. So you think about this for a second, the economic toll of the virus, right? If you get sick for five or six days, you know, you're out of work. Oh, by the way, now, if you work for the county, you've got to take PTO. So it means paid time off, for those who don't know what that means, but there you go. What are we going to uh, see today from Peterson? I think we'll see another 200 cases. But the key, remember here, folks, is hospitalizations. What's the impact on the hospital? The hospital was already full before the Omicron variant showed up. It, will it be full today? Will there be 25 people or more? I think if they got 25, they can handle that. But if they have 10 in the ICU and 50 people hospitalized, that's not a good number. The only good news yesterday was that um, this thing was, it kind of was stable as far as hospitalizations go across the state yesterday. That, that data is actually 24 hours old. So it's anywhere between 11,600 people and 12,000 people are in the hospital. But more concerning of this whole thing, though, too, is that there was a record number of children admitted um, from the data yesterday, 479 children admitted statewide. The high previously was maybe 250, 300. So you can see where we're doing that. And then this makes kids, can make kids pretty sick. So keep an eye on that. Uh... Scammers got a scam. You've been scammed, haven't you? Um, yes. Uh, identity has been stolen more than once. Sonia's been. Sonia said she got scammed on the the minute that she opened up her own Facebook page, right? You got. You got. To, did. You did, yes. right? Well, apparently. Yeah, uh, there's two scams running yesterday. One uh, a local business here in town. They got they got hit with a, a, a kind of a, a Instagram takeover. And people were asking for money. And I saw it. I was like, man, they need money. Shoot, do I have, do I have the money on me? Because I was ready to go. But I knew that it was fake because the language, like, a lot of times, like, when these foreign actors grab control of your thing, they'll ask for stuff. But the, the giveaway will be that they can't, they don't know how to use English. Or they use Google Translate, which they can't translate correctly contextually into the whole thing. And so it raises a, a flag. The Sheriff's Department, um, had an issue yesterday. They mentioned that there was somebody saying that they're the former chief deputy and they needed money. 
And Sonia's over here is like, I know what's going on. I know, I know that's. You've had that problem before. <laughs> so scammers got us a scam. It's so annoying. Golly. Uh, and then there's a different type of scammer. This is an interesting one too. These two well-dressed people um, went into Hobby Lobby and they stole something. Now I can't think of one thing that I would want to steal from Hobby Lobby. Not one thing. I do have a Jones for. I, I do like the idea of Swedish fish. I like those. I could see those going into my pocket and then leaving. But I don't know one thing that I would buy. I would steal from. Oh, I'll steal a frame, or I'll steal. Let me steal this. Let me steal this. Uh, this piece of fake flora and fauna. What were you stealing? The guy's wearing a blazer. Uh, she's wearing like Lululemon tights and sunglasses. But they were they were they were suspected of stealing something on September 30th from from Hobby Lobby, and then they went into Gibson's, which is just stupid. Why would you steal from Gibson's? They might shoot you. Do you know they have like they have guns and they could field dress you if you steal from them. But they went into Gibson's and they stole something from Gibson's on November 5th. That's what the police said. I didn't say that. The police said that. If you know anything more about this, uh, see them at uh, Kerrville Police Department at 830-257-8181. Uh, if you want to learn how to knit. You know how to knit, Justin? Um, I can see you knowing how to knit. Hey, once upon a time, yeah. creatively, there was a little bit of, of knitting that happened in my family. So as a, as a boy, I would have played around with that. Yeah. But it's been on a long, long time. Yeah. I, I bet you your boy could do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, by the way, sons are named uh, Lincoln, Redford, and Wallace. They are going to be a, a traveling act at some point in their lives. Sonia, do you knit? I do not. You do not knit. My grandmother tried to teach me, but that was a lost cause. That was a lost cause. Yeah, I've never, I've never been. My mother does some of that stuff, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, but if you want to learn how to knit uh, over at the Buttholders Library today at 4 o'clock, they're going to do a Harry Potter-themed one where you will make a hat. Um, you'll learn to knit. This is a two-part series uh, starting today for those who are 10 to 18 years of, of age, and uh, it'll continue uh, next weekend, or actually in, uh, yeah, the 27th, a couple weeks, uh, at, again at 4 o'clock in the library meeting room. If you want to do that, go to the website or call them at 830-258-1274. Uh, okay, things to do today. There's live music over the Southern Sky Music Cafe. Uh, tomorrow, there's an open house over at the Dietert Center from 10 to noon. You can learn everything you need to know about the Dietert Center. So that's from 10 to noon. Well, I'll be stopping by to see if I – because I'm now on that point now. I, have, I got my AARP card thing the other day, and I think that um, because I have two grandsons that I am now older than I'm supposed to be. So I'm going to go to the Dieter Center and check out their services too. I do know that if you want to play dominoes at 7 o'clock at night on a Tuesday, that's the place to go. Uh, Wednesday – or Sunday, the Kingston Trio playing at the uh, Callow Theater. Uh, we talked a little bit about um, uh, the, the Precinct 2 uh, Commissioner's Court race. Um, I did put a link in the newsletter today, which is free to everybody today, that has Rich Paces and Stan Kubinka's interviews um, in there, and they are separate stories now. And it's three things we learned about Stan and Rich. Um, I recommend uh, taking a look at that. But more importantly, you can either listen to the podcast or you can listen to watch the video. And we'll do the same thing here today for Sonia as well. All right. That is all that we have so far. There's probably more going on. Um, sorry for putting up with my rant uh, this morning about uh, COVID. Now, Justin Zanzenberg is here. Uh, uh, what, what happened? What's going on with you? Wh- wh- where's your wife? Your wife has been ducking me for like three or four weeks now. She's supposed to be on the show, and then she sends you instead, which is fine, which is fine. And, uh, and by the way, I sent a video to your wife mm-hmm. for your boys. Of 
awesome Lego space battleships. Did they did they take a look at that? Did she show that to them? I believe so. Okay. But I've you know in the last forty eight hours especially I've I've uh, you know the farm the farming's and going farm, it, right. There's a thing between Katie and I. She's always after me to make a schedule for the farm, mm-hmm. and that's just not possible. Right. Every morning you you go out and you you'll find. You know, on a good morning, you find nothing. Everything runs as it should. Right. But most of the time. Most of the time, you, you, you find some kind of issue or problem or something that's fixed. Most of my energy in my head it revolves around uh, contingency plans. Yeah. Contingency planning. So I have to have a plan A, plan B, plan C. Plan A is that everything goes right. Right. Plan B and C is, you know. Do you uh, – we were talking about this before, just jokingly, that, you know, we, we just got done with the first round of the uh, Hill Country uh, livestock shows. Uh, we had mm-hmm. the Kirk County Livestock Show. Um, and I posited the idea that uh, your uh, two-year-old, Wallace, um, would roll out there riding your gigantic boar because that's really what a real pig looks like. Not yes. one of those show pigs, <laughs> like your boar, which weighs, what, 900 pounds? Yeah, he's – There's we have two of them. Uh, one is a – purebred heritage red, red wattle the other is a purebred heritage gloucestershire old spot and so mm-hmm. those were long-standing lines they're no longer recognized uh, really uh, that you could be in a cross yeah uh, just entering in but one's a red pig one's a white pig the the gloucestershire old spot mythologically got their black spots from they're they're an orchard pig mm-hmm. so the in the old days they put them in the orchards and they ate the rotten fruit that was rejected or that fell, you know, and then uh, they finished. There were these great pigs finished on apples and pears. Are pigs more challenging to deal with because they're so smart, you know, as far as an animal goes, as far as raising an animal goes? They're, cu- they're clever, aren't they? Yeah, well, so here's the thing about pigs mm-hmm. that's, that's interesting. Uh, you learn a lot about your uh, own uh, omnivore species yeah. from, from this other omnivore species. But they like routine. Mm-hmm. They don't like you to change things on them. Right. And so part of what I do is in agriculturally is to run these guys into so I'm changing their routine uh, occasionally. And so the, they're very intelligent and they're very, they're very uh, path oriented. So right. once they've developed this little trail, they're going to stick to it. Right. Uh, and they don't deviate from it. Right. So, you know, that's, that's probably the most challenging thing is to change their schedule every once in a right. while. But for the most part, they're a breeze to work with. They're just always hungry. Tell me about, uh, you know, the, the challenges of, of running. I mean, you, you, you run sort of almost like craft agriculture. And, and why is that important to what we're doing now? Well, it's making the old new again, really, Lewis. Uh, and that was kind of at the onset of starting our small farm in Centerpoint was that we wanted to prever- preserve the culture of family, which is the culture of food, which is the culture of the dinner table. Yeah. And so we really wanted our children uh, to be in touch with that origin and that yeah. source of things, or just life right. in general and, and, and celebration of life in general. Uh, but to have really good, nutritious food that's healthy, that is managed in such a way and stewarded in such a way on, in the landscape that it helps and benefits the landscape. Right. Yeah, one of the things I loved was I took my grandsons out to your your farm, and um, uh, it, it was it was it was a great experience. My my youngest grandson, who's five, just loved it. You know, yeah. like he was ready to go do work. 
you know, with you guys. Yes. So he was great. he was ready. Um, and he and Wallace hit it off, even though there's some, some age group there, you know. And and uh, my older grandson was like run off with Lincoln and Redford, so it was it was a lot of fun. It's a you know my origins in agriculture in, in Uvalde. Uh, there was we had two rules. Yeah. Growing up on a farm, it was conventional farming, primarily corn and cotton, right? And then, and then ranching with with sheep and goats and uh, a few cattle. But we had two rules, and number one was don't go to the highway. Mm-hmm. Okay. And number two rule was watch out for snakes. Right. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. Right. There was there was an adventure endlessly yeah. of of Indiana Jones exploration uh, and imagination, and it's a great way to uh, grow up. Whether it's a, a three or five acre micro farm, as it would be called, yeah. or or uh, you know seventy hundred thousand acre place. Right. Uh, the farmers market is on as tonight, uh, or it's happening at four o'clock to six. Uh, what what can we expect today? Well, from what I, I read this morning, a little bit of wind, um, okay, all right. which is not bad. It's supposed to die out towards that last evening hour, yeah, which, right. will, which will be great. Um, our, our usual uh, food, uh, local food vendors that we'll, we'll, we'll have there, as well as some awesome pizza. There's rumor mm-hmm. of pork chops in salt. Ah, and that's the key. That might get me down there. That is the key. A, a, a good, thick cut of meat to bring out that flavor is you want you want osmosis yeah. to happen for about 24 hours oh. uh, before you actually cook it. I, I, I gotta tell you guys, like uh, this is one of the one of my one of my vices is that um, Ju- Justin made pork chops one day. Um, I, I, I'd said it was, and I just had a, a smidge of it. It was the greatest pork chop experience I've ever had in my life. So then I subsequently then ended up eating pork chops like three days in a row trying to replicate anywhere near that, that, that experience that I had. I don't know. I think, I think that the idea of, of chops and hops has got to happen. You, Chop, and, Jer- yeah. you and Jeremy got to make it work. Hey, we, we had one of those, uh, I think in 16, right here where we're sitting. Yeah. We, did, we did a chops and hops little dinner. I'm ready to do another one. I'm, it, it, I'm it, was, always, it was you know, so good. This, this is one of the rare occasions, and I'm thankful. Thanks for having me on the show, where I get to come to town. And so the other – You're allowed that, out. Yes, to, to free from the hundreds of mouths that are <laughs> dependent on me every day. Right, right. Uh, and so I get to come to town. But the other, the other side of that coin is when we have an event or a dinner. And so that's where I'm so excited about the direction of the farmer's market and the direction of the local farm and, and craft bag, as you mentioned, for Kerr County. I think it's a dire uh, – nationally. Yeah. Let me, let me just put that into perspective. Um, and so I'm excited for that. And, yes, whenever you are raising animals in nutrient-dense environments and you're stewarding them and you're shepherding them, and uh, it, it is, it's a management-intensive aspect yeah. of that. Uh, you wind up with a protein source and that is is really clean. It's good. It's diversified. The fat, your body receives that well. This is scientific, biological things here right. that we that we pay attention. Therefore, you're healthier. You are able to repel uh, variants of Omicron and flu because your your immune system is right. boosted right. naturally. Right, naturally better. Yes, and, and at the same time, you are building up the health of the ecosystem around you. And so you're only as strong as, as they say, as your weakest link. And if, 
any of that is is what is the you know I, you know and we've shared this before but you know i worked for years in bakersfield california mm-hmm. which is uh kerr county kern county and in, in where bakersfield is located is the largest agricultural county in the world basically mm-hmm. um if you if you eat an almond it's from there if you eat grapes it's from there uh, H-E-B, half of H-E-B's produce is from, you know, yes. California already. But the craft part of this, the local part of this, where, what, what is the status of the local farmers that are out there? Well, And you work with a lot of these guys. You see them. See them yeah, you know? we're, we're, we're so seeing some movement, right? We're like, yeah, yeah. There's a generation of, uh, that, that's popped up, and my, my, I include mine, and I'm in my 40s, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, I'm doing this, and there, but there's, there's younger people. Uh, that have just a, a it's it's a conscious decision mm-hmm. um, of, of stewardship and, and land management whereas you are benefiting for the diversified whole yeah and not just I was again raised in monoculture agriculture right. that that's very degradating you know to the to the water you're releasing carbon you could you could Lewis I tell people at the farmers market you could probably offset and relieve some of the pressure on oil and gas through a massive agricultural campaign. Right. Truly. Just from biomass yeah. and, and yeah. from from some of that. Trees especially. Yeah. Trees are the number one. When you look at the old fence lines of the mm. old homesteads right. uh, where these, uh, there's, you know, 100 years or 60 years for the hackberries to ingest, you know, the old barbed wire yeah. fences and such, you'll see how they've built dirt. It actually yeah. rises up. Um so that's just something that you can you, – a good hybrid. You could create a nice hybrid right. that, that functions and works better. It's a part of our civilization that I think we, we need to take from older civilizations, uh, Europe, Italy. and They've had time to kind of – Kind of figure it out. Well, yeah, there's just been longer, longer times there. Uh, and uh, where agriculture has been around longer and in, in hills and places where there's water and light climates – we certainly don't want the meridian, you know, that, that convection line to move any further east of 35 if we can help it. Uh, but it takes a, a large investment and a lot of action. Right. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of action and a lot of work and a lot of sort of, you know, buy-in from people to go down and say, you know what, I'm not going to go to HEB today. I'm going to go to the farmer's market. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy my, my stuff there. Well, there's so. some other things exciting that, that will help spread that in, in as the market grows uh, as the end of this year for the ability for all to do that. So uh, I'll let Katie tell you about that. Right. I, I, right. uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing for, for local people. It, it, it's going to help propagate the, right. the farmers market really is about propagating um more farmers more right. local people whether it's a small scale or a large scale uh education and encouragement of landowners to do the like uh to invest in this type of, of management system um you know for for value added value right in the right. landscape but then also just for food health and nutrition all right uh, healthy people Good deal. Uh, it's the the great and powerful Justin uh, Graham, also aka Justin Zanzibar. That's correct. Uh, hey, thank y'all. Come to the market today and enjoy yourselves. It is the best happy hour in the hill country. All right, thank you. I'll see you later on then. Thanks. All right, see you later. Bye bye. All right, uh, that was Justin. Good to have him here as always. And we transitioned to another conversation with about Center Point, uh, in, in in more or less. 
Uh, Ashley Precinct 2 and Sonia Hooten is here to talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, first off, Sonia, you retired uh, from the school district in Center, Center Point. And then one of the great names uh, in law enforcement I've ever had to, to, to try to type, <laughs> Rusty uh, W.R. Hillholzer, uh, Sheriff of Kerr County, um, he, he calls you up and says, I need you to come work for me. How did that? How did that happen? How did that conversation happen? Um, well, um, actually, uh, one of his officers is mm. our school officer over there now. Yeah. And um, he's the one that was talking to me and saying that you know Rusty was needing someone over there and could he put me in touch with? And actually, Eli Garcia was the person that handled the background checks and all the interview process to begin with, and so. He put me in touch with that, and then they got me in there to talk with Rusty a little bit, and right. he let me know what the process was, that there was a new sheriff coming in, possibility that you might not have a job when right. that happens, and um, we talked quite a bit about it. He made sure that it was something that I wanted. I made sure it was something that I wanted, and we went forward with it. Hold on. Hold that thought for a second here. Um, hey, uh, Snuffleupagus over there, you made it on the show. You might want to put that over your head. She's not hearing me. <laughs> She's not supposed to be on the show. You're, you're on the show. You're on the show. Run, 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 run. There's, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you did not see that, people. You did not see that. That's a, a little inside joke here that um, somebody who's not supposed to be on the show suddenly showed up on the show. I should have I blocked her out. Um, so the new sheriff comes to town, Larry Lethem, and Larry does, what, you know, what was your first interaction with Larry? Because um, now you're the executive assistant mm -hmm. at the at the sheriff's office, um, and he kept you on. He did. And we he, sat down, had a little conversation, right? And um, he told me his expectations, and uh, it was a good conversation. And we decided to work together. And um, I want to help him build uh, or continue the great law enforcement that we have here. And we you know I think we're pretty. You know, from the sheriff's perspective, I mean, uh, you know, I didn't really, I, I never really got that close with, with Sheriff Hereholzer. I mean, I met him several times, um, and uh, I've, I've known Larry probably a little bit better, but uh, what's it been like to work for those two men? A uh, little bit different, mm -hmm. um, but same in some ways. Right. Uh, uh, Rusty is uh, hands-on. Yeah. He wants to um, know what's going on. Uh, right. You don't give him any surprises. I'm going to move the microphone real quick. Hold on. Keep going. Keep going. Um, and Larry's more of um, not micromanage, but uh, let you do what you need to do. If it's something very important, you're not sure, you can come talk to him. But basically, it's do your job, and as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, he's going to leave you alone. And, and they're, they're very different, too, because I always viewed that Rusty was more of, like, you know, an expert in jail, in the, running the jail. He is. And, and Larry's a narcotics officer. And, he is. You know, and so human trafficking and narcotics have been, have been big issues uh, for him as well. He's talked about that, you know, his frustration with the narcotics situation, you know, is one he's talked about quite a bit. Um, okay, so you work for the sheriff's office. You work for Center Point Schools. And at some point, you got to get an idea in your head, I want to run for commissioner's court why why well it all started with covid and the youtube mm -hmm. that commissioner's court uh came on right and i started watching that um 
I know nothing about politics. I never dreamed I would go into politics. It's not an avenue I thought I would seek. Right. But after watching a few things, I felt like, um, and I, I will say I've had a few people ask me if I would run, and I was like, no, I can't do that. Right. Um, but after watching it and um, learning how the process worked, I thought, you know what, I can't do that. Yeah. And right. I was talking to Rusty one day, and we were visiting about it, and he said, Sonia, get off off that chair and run. Yeah. And so he says, he says, go out there and run, and you, and you decided. Um, did you stew on it? I mean, what was the process like to think about this? Well, I, mean, <laughs> I went home and talked to my husband about yeah. it. What thinking, did he say? He's going to squash this yeah. right away. Right. And he said, I think that's a great idea. Right. So it's like, that's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Now, I, I have to say that, um, you know, I went out and I, um, I, I, I tra- traversed all over Kerrville, parts of Center Point, looking for Christmas lights during, during Christmas. I took many pictures, and I did see quite a few Sonia signs out there in Precinct 2. Uh, so it looks like you're already off to a pretty good start with uh, connecting with people. What's the campaign been like so far? Uh, it's been interesting. It's been an eye-opener. Um, it's been very good, very well um, organized, and very. Um, I have a lot of support from friends, family, yeah. coworkers. Right. Um, it, it's been an experience. The um, was there a particular issue um, that struck you as being important that you wanted to that that's made you want to run in precinct two? What, what was your what was your sort of thinking there? Well, it was kind of a combined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the development stuff started. They were having the town hall meetings. People weren't happy. Um, that's when some friends had said, you need to run. Um, and I, I'm from Kerr County. Yeah. My family's from Kerr County. Um, Did you grow up here? For the most part, yes. Right, okay. Uh, about sixth grade, my dad got a job at Swearingen Aviation in San Antonio. Okay. And I finished up there and quickly came back to the Hill Country. Came back to the Hill Country. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, but uh, I love this area. Yeah. I hate uh, seeing things come in. You know, we've got rock quarries. I understand that the gravel pits are a necessary right. thing. I mean, we all want concrete right. for our houses, right? Right. Um, but it's hard to watch that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they started talking about the development, I thought, this is not the right way to do this. Yeah. And... Um, I love to solve problems and not just dwell on what the problem is. Yeah. So I wanted to see what I could do to help, maybe. So let's talk about Centerpoint Village for a moment. Centerpoint Village um, obviously is the large kind of uh, multi, uh, well, it's a large development that is immensely unpopular among residents in Centerpoint. And it's been sort of an aha moment for a lot of people in Centerpoint of the dangers they faced is sort of the reason why they moved there was to have a rural kind of lifestyle like this guy that was just here. Exactly. You know, who's raising animals and raising his boys the way he wants to raise them. Um, but what was it, what, what has that process been like? And we're talking about, uh, I think it was like 180 or some odd homes. I mean, it would, it would significantly change the makeup of Centerpoint if it, if it goes through. Oh, drastically, yeah. yes. Um, what, 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 is your, what needs to happen with that project, do you think? I think it just needs to go away. Okay. All right. That's um, the... I know that the commissioners are working on uh, revising their rules and regulations. Right. I also know that um, 
their hands may be tied on certain things. Yeah. Uh, I've talked with headwaters, and um, I, they are on the right path, yeah. I, I believe. Um, they, they know what they're doing, yeah. and they're experts at that. Because the one thing that could stop it is the water issue correctly. Correct. Tell me your understanding of that, that, that um, deal. Well, my understanding from Table 5 mm -hmm. is that um, had they had followed that, the it wouldn't have been been a question right right um, they wouldn't have they would not have had an issue if it wasn't for that that uh well if the, if the water thing had been done correctly i guess that's that's the question right but it all de depends on the sewage mm -hmm. right uh the water availability and um how they divide up the acreage right um i i've i've, I've posited this theory before and i don't know how you feel about it but i, I think it's alarming to people and i always say you know i always qualify it like you know like i grew up in southern california i hear people are sick of hearing about that but the truth of the matter is i grew up in a rural part of southern california that became one of the largest counties in in the, the nation and is still one among the fastest growing places in the, in the united states uh where cities went from being nothing to a hundred thousand people in a hurry mm. And I look at what's happening in Centerpoint, and I look what's happening in uh, in Kerrville, and I look what's happening in Comfort, especially where you have a junction, you know, 87 and 10, and you have a new factory going has already gone in, already looking for employees. Um, you have all this development that's gone on that little area. And it's just right down the road from Centerpoint, and there's plenty of flat land. You know, what's to stop a home or, you know, a property owner saying, you know what, I'd really rather develop this than, than, than grow hay on it. Do you have that kind of concern that Centerpoint could become like a, a, a rooftop type facility? I, I do have that concern. Um, I, I raised my family here. I, my son is here. I'd like to think that my grandchildren can, here. can grow up here right. and enjoy the same type of lifestyle that I had when I was a child. Right. Um, I'm worried that San Antonio is encroaching. And let me say, we need change. Yeah. Change is good. You become stagnant if you don't change. Right. And, but we need to have the right type of change. Yeah. And um, I don't want to become a suburb of San Antonio. Right. Poor Bernie. I mean, I can remember when there was a vast stretch of land between San Antonio and Bernie. Yeah, where does Bernie, where does, I, I, I struggle with that. Where does Bernie begin and San Antonio begin? I know there's something up between it, but like, it, it's all contiguous now, right? You know, right? Um, and and honestly, like for me, like I said before, it, it when I when I look at San Antonio's outward expansion, it's only we're only sixty miles, right. you know. Um, and now you have people working from home, right? So what's to keep them living in San Antonio? Hey, yeah. the hill country is beautiful. Let's right. go live out there and work from home. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Someone I heard a story the other day about someone wanting to move to Lubbock, and I was just like, no. Why would you do that? I'd rather live here, you know. <laughs> Uh, and I get it, you know, like, but to me, this is the greatest place to live. I agree. You know, uh, and I kind of found the Hill Country accidentally, but a lot of people find the Hill Country accidentally, you know, and, mm -hmm. and they're like, wow, this is really nice. Uh, the, the other issues, though, with uh, Centerpoint, though, I mean, is this, is this a reckoning for Centerpoint to say we may need to think about reincorporating and, and becoming a city if we want to control this? Or do you think they're at that point of this, of this discussion to this point, or is that still a long ways away? Uh, I really don't know if they are. I know that they have a uh, very good group form there, mm -hmm. and we had a forum not long ago right. with them. Um, how they decide to pursue that, I'm not sure, but right. um, it may be something to consider. I was there when they considered it before. Right. 
20 years ago, whenever that was. It's because um, they, they were a city at one time, and they quickly disincorporated because of the taxes. But the only way they can really control the development is, and, and the judge talks about this all, all the time, he's made it very clear there's six to 800 homes right. ready to go into that general area um, without any kind of mass amount of homes, you know, mm-hmm. in one area. But um, it, it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough thing for a, a community that's been a certain way for so long right. to have that sort of maturation. Hard. Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard. Um, when you look at the other issues facing the precinct two, not only is it center points, Camp Verde, it's obviously goes into dips in the Kerrville, the aviation area is there as well. Mm-hmm. What do you see as sort of the priorities you think are, are, are critically important to that, that precinct? Uh, well, of course, the number one is to make sure we have enough water for everyone. Yeah. Keep, let's keep that river as beautiful as it is right now. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see us be able to pass something to where the gravel pits have to um, reclamate the land. Um, right now, we have some that do it voluntarily, and I think that's wonderful. Right, right. Um, but there's nothing really concrete to say. N- you no, have there's to do not. It. Right. And chances are there probably won't be. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Which is one of those difficult things, too, because, you know, you, you, you talk about that all the time where there's like, okay, here's the deal. You know, you can, you can go ahead and, and tear it up, but you don't have to do anything to it. I mean, there should be some there should be some price to pay for the, for the, for the, the business. Right. Yeah. You get, you get right. to tear it because then it becomes someone else's problem. And I think you see that in parts of center point where there has been mining and it's just kind of left to, right. You have to, to and do so I'm nothing. glad to hear some of those people are stepping mm-hmm. up and, and taking them up upon themselves to do that. Right. And, and I'll just be honest with you. My husband makes his living from there. Right. From aggregate work. He drives a Ingram ready mix truck. Right. And but Ingram Ready Mix, though, I mean, they've been here for a long. They have a lot. They have a. They're a big company. They have a lot of uh, operations all over the they're place. They're a good company. They're, and they and they probably have some stewardship attached to that as well. They do, and uh, they're moving their plant out there to be closer to keep the trucks off the roads as much as possible. Right, because there is definitely um, one of the things I was w- I've said before that when uh, I was working up in Greenville, I would come home on every, on the weekends and I would take uh, the road down from Marble Falls and uh, between uh, Burnett and Marble Falls and. There's an uh, aggregate facility, maybe it's between Lampasas and, and Marble Falls. And um, uh, you would see at night them doing the work, you know, mm-hmm. and the huge amount of dust that's put off, you know. Now, they're in an area where there's not a lot of houses, so they can kind of get away with that as well. But that's where that's you can see the impact there on the air quality alone. Um, <clears throat> the river has also become this fixture for people. You know, there's this big movement for Airbnbs. You see a little bit of that in Center Point now, mm-hmm. too, uh, along the river where people are, are investing in there. What, what does that look like, you know, to you? What is, I, what is I that? think that's a wonderful idea. Okay. I think they could do more of that. Um, what else, uh, when you look at some of the, uh, the other issues, too, what, what, what stands out? What are people saying to you? What do we, what do we need to do in this county? <laughs> well, a lot of them are, are looking towards... Um, the commissioners and the other groups and kind of waiting to see what they're going to do. Right. Um, I think they, they're torn. They want to stay the way they are, but they know that that's not possible. Yeah. Um, and that's hard for them to, to deal with. Right. I, I love the fact that they've rebuilt up downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, at one time, it was looking pretty shabby down there. Yeah. Um, they've taken over those buildings and they're gorgeous. Yeah. You walk inside there and you just 
I uh, can't believe how much hard work they put into that. Right. Uh, if they could do something more with that, I don't think we want to see wineries or anything like Fredericksburg has in, but something to with the historical significance. Of course, they have the most Texas Rangers in the cemetery right. over there, and that's a proud thing for them. Um, but something historical, I think, would be great for them. I would always bring back the armadillo farm. That, that'd be fun too. <laughs> Which is every time I every time I hear that story, I'm like, what a weird deal, you know? Let's harvest arm, armadillos, you know? Right. I don't know. I've only seen live armadillos, you know, in the wild like three times. I've seen their messes they make in the yards, and I've seen a lot of dead armadillos uh, through the through the time. But to raise them a, as a farm thing, that's a weird one to me. Right, right. Um, I will say though that the the main thing that I see with the people is uh, they want someone that's going to meet with them, that's going to tell them up front what's happening. Yeah. And that's going to voice their opinion. Right. And not just give them lip service or not even listen to what they have to say. Right. And, and that's my number one thing is I want the quality of life to remain there. But I also want to be, um, I, I work for them. Right. I've worked for them my entire career, be it at school, tax dollars, or with the sheriff's right. office. That's where my salary comes from. Exactly. I know exactly how to work for them. Do you, um, you get elected and what's your, what you get, you get sworn in, what's your, what's your first job you got to do, do you think? What, what, what's the biggest thing you have to do? Um, well, we have to sit down and look at this, see what they've done with the development plans, yeah. how they've revised them, and let's take a look and make sure this is what we want. Right. Um, hold those town meetings and see what those people want. Do they want to try to make themselves a city again? Right. I, I don't know. Uh, and yeah, and the question is, should the county facilitate that conversation? That's another, probably another issue as well. When um, former Commissioner Tom Moser held the first town hall meeting in Centerpoint to talk about Centerpoint Village, did you go to that meeting? I did not. But what was the feedback you got from people about that meeting? Um, as, as I was home that night, I didn't even know about the meeting. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I was getting... Uh, beings texts from different people saying you need to be here and I'm thinking what are they talking what, what about? are you talking about right and then um, it was the next day that I went out with some of them and they were saying we need someone that you know will work for us and do what we want yeah the um, the other issue that that I, I see is you know there's there's the airport there's all that there's there's Kerrville sort of moving you know eastward you know to kind of annex all of that as well um, you know, how important is that, that work that's being done in, around the airport? There seems to be a lot of activity going on right now. There does. Um, and airport is one of our greatest, greatest assets. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think they just need to, um, not that they can do that much, but they just need to watch what developments are looking at purchasing out there mm -hmm. and seeing what they can do. Right. The, um, the one thing that's interesting about this, this, uh, precinct too is, is it's also the home of the Hill Country Youth Event Center. It it's a, it's River Hill is in it. Comanche Trace is in it. What's your kind of? Uh, it's the most diverse precinct we have. All right. I, I believe. Yeah, I and mean, as far as like the balance between you have some you have some some really kind of people that uh, are on assistance, and you have some very very wealthy people as well. How do you kind of balance that out between working between the needs of both those sides? Well, you're just going to have to work for both of them mm -hmm. and do what's best for the entire precinct. Right. Um, let's go back to working for the school district, raising your family. How many kids do you have? I uh, just have one son. One son and grandsons, grandchildren? No grandchildren. No, no not yet. Not yet. 
and, oh, yeah. and he probably needs a few more years. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, and you, you raised the kids here, or the mm-hmm. child here, mm-hmm. and... Um, we were active in anything you want to name. We were active in it. Active in it. And uh, he showed pigs for uh, 12 years. Okay. He was in every kind of sport you can name. Right. Um, we did UIL. We did... Um, mm band boosters I mean, you name it we were in it right and i was the club manager of the 4-h for nine years wow so 4-h uh, a big part of uh, of, of the lifestyle here in, in kerr county as well 4-h and ffa i i can't applaud them enough yes uh, ff uh, ffa was is always something that's uh, an interesting uh, i grew up in uh, went to high school where ffa was a big deal a big you know big big program as well so i know exactly what it's like the um when i look at the 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 service that's out there there's a there's the running part and then there's the governing part you mm-hmm. know um w- have you given thought to that you know like okay i'm, I'm running my campaign i gotta make I'm, I'm listening to people i'm talking to people but then I, when i get into the job well you have to follow the law yeah right no matter what that's right. the number one thing is yeah. to follow the law right um what about uh, working with the, the commissioners that are there now do you have any relationship with any of the commissioners and, and the judge, judge uh, i've known um Don for many many years right. through the stock show. Right. Um, I've known Harley briefly a little bit, and I've talked with him a little bit. Um, Jonathan, I really don't know very well, but right. we are meeting uh, next week. We've tried to meet, but plans have kind of uh, come awry. Right. Uh, I've met with Judge Kelly, and just to see where he was at on different things. Talked to him about the bond mm-hmm. a little bit, and. Um, I think I could work well with them. Okay. Let's talk about the bond. The bond um, would pay for uh, about, well, the, it's going to fall between 25 and $30 million now. Uh, and the, the $30 million, the high end, I thought it was going to be higher, but I think they've gotten, they've gotten more manageable now. Um, it'll pay for a, a significant amount of improvements they have to make to the courthouse, courthouse security. Uh, there's there's uh, the, the, the animal shelter needs to be replaced. Storage issues are, are, are there. Tell me your understanding of the bond and, and how important is a, is a bond important or should we not have the bond? Well, the bond's important to me. Um, who wants their taxes raised? Right, Nobody right. wants their taxes raised, but at least I'd like to have a say in that. Yeah. Um, I think it's very important. I think that a lot of those things are needed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we've grown out of that courthouse. I, Bob Reeves uh, is going to be great putting him in that church over I there. Um, well, i got to tell you, I saw him the other day, and I said, I just find it so delicious that you're going to be stuck in a church. <laughs> <laughs> he says, we've got to pass the bond first, Lewis. <laughs> you know, so, um, but, th- yeah. Yeah, yeah, we need that. The animal shelter, our... Um, they need a new facility. Yeah. I mean, it's just the Ingram Annex mm-hmm. as well. The Ingram Annex is disgusting. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brenda Hughes has been on here looking at the, uh, talking about the Ingram Annex, and, and it's a horror show over there. So uh, th- there's that. The judge has been very um, judicious, uh, he's a judge, uh, in his use of. Uh, uh, of some tax dollars um, to kind of fund those 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 purchases of land. The the, the church is one of them. There's a piece of property uh, on the kind of on the um, north side of I guess, I guess it's Earl Garrett, but um, that that he's that he's gonna got, got out and grabbed essentially. Um, 
you know, do you do you think that this is a slam dunk for the voters, or do you think there's a lot of work to be done on that? I think they need to um, investigate the issues, mm-hmm. study them, yeah. and um, do what's do what they feel is right. 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 Um, but I encourage them if 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 they have any questions, go to the animal shelter. Right. Look and see where they have to eat their lunch. Yeah. Or. Um, where their restroom is. Yeah. Um, go to Ingram Annex. Um, you would be surprised. Right. One of those places, by the way, has the telephone exchange inside uh, uh, the bathroom. So there's there's that as well. So if someone comes to you and says, "No, I'm not gonna. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. That bond. I don't want to. I don't want to spend any more mo- money in taxpayers. I, I, they they can just do what they have to deal with. How would you counter that? Well, um, I would encourage them to investigate mm-hmm. or, you know. Come with me. I'll, I'll investigate with you. All right, right. When you looked at some of those things, which one stood out to you? Have you have you gone on the tours and looked at these uh, facilities? I've been at the animal shelter, and I have been at the in- Ingram Annex. I won't say I toured, yeah. but I've been there. What 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 stood out to you in your mind that you know when it came to the uh, uh, animal shelter that was problematic to you? Well, the number one thing was they were eating their lunch where they right. have to eat their lunch. Right. Um, and I'm not saying it's not clean, but it's hard. You've got animal hair flying in the air, and you're yeah. trying to eat your lunch there. It just happens. Right. I mean, and it's just it's just a dinky little facility, it like, is. Like, like an old house, and everything's and, just kind of all right, right there. Um, the the other issue that they're facing is the judge has made it clear that you know ten you know the ten million dollars received from the federal government, there has been a push against that that um, that initiative. One of the things I think that people were worried about was, oh, you know, we're going to have to adhere to an executive order on the vaccines. Uh, not surprisingly, the, the the government or the Supreme Court ruled uh, yesterday that that you cannot enforce um, the mandate currently until it goes through the rest of the courts. Um, but most likely, they're not going to. They're not going to. Um, the Supreme Court will not stand for a vaccine mandate, which was the biggest concern of people who were, t- we were taking the money for $10 million. The judge has been very clear, but we went to spend the money for. What is your position on that $10 million budget or $10 million um, gift from the federal government to, to Kerr County? Well, um, initially I was for taking the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have read a little bit about it, not extensively, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, they've tabled, they, they have tabled it for now. They're going to keep it and see what happens. And, um, you know, that's, that's their right to do that. Right, I right. probably, after reading a few things, would just send it back. Really? Yeah. What was the biggest thing that, you know, you said when you look at sending it back? What was the biggest concern you have? I do have a concern that if um, someone is given money and they use it unresponsibly or not to their um, specifications, that we will end up having to pay for that. Right. That um, worries me. Right. And, and mandates. I mean... People say, oh, they can't mandate this or mandate. Where were we at in 2019? Who would have imagined we'd be standing in line waiting for toilet paper? Right, exactly. Um, But here's my counter to that. And I said this before with Rich and I think with Stan too. When has anyone ever had to pay back something the government gave them? You know, Um, And that's one thing that I I, I look at it from the perspective of, um, you know, you know, is it really a danger to, to take the money, or are, are we overthinking this? Do you, do you think there is a danger? Well, I, maybe that's why the commissioners decide to table that and wait and see what happens. Yeah, right. Um, 
maybe that was the smartest move to do. Right. Because uh, because the, the judge has made it clear. He's like, look, I, I want to spend this money a couple different ways, possibly. One, fixing the Hill Country Youth Event Center, the crappy barn part. Mm-hmm. Which, which, you know, I, I said this the other day, I, I didn't really notice before, like, how bad it really is. And now that it's been brought to my attention again, it's like, man, that is pretty bad. Uh, that would be replacing that floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Lett says we'd like to have it equal to the other side of the, of the facility. Uh, and then one probably you're aware of, too, is that the sheriff's department is going to have to put in a new radio system. It's going to cost $5 million bucks, possibly. Um, what is your... Countywide, yeah, yes. Yeah, countywide. So, I mean... We, and we need that. We need that, right. We do. Yeah. Uh, the winter storm last year is a good example of that. Yeah, right. What was that like, by the way? <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. Did Larry really sleep in his office the entire he did. time? Yeah. He did. And Chris as well. They were, just, they were just there the whole time. They were. And yeah. they were working hard, let yeah. me tell you. And <laughs> that was his second month in office. Right. I... I I asked him. He never really answered me. I just wondered if he was rethinking that. But right. He did a great job. Yeah, because he could be retired. Right. You know? He could be sitting at home with the fire. Right. And he was he was out working, doing stuff, and they were very active, very involved. Very. It was very yes. critically important uh, to this as well. But that also showed the problems that they had with communications, you know, it as did. well. So. So I mean, if the and money it was a county, it wasn't just the sheriff's office; it was countywide problem. Right. I mean, okay. So you're sitting here. Let's say you get elected. Um, you're still holding the money. Uh, you don't have any mandates necessarily that that are going to be a problem. The judge says we're going to use it for this and this. Do you say yes to the money, or do you say just let's just send it back and find another way to finance it? We don't have any mandates. Mm-hmm. Money's good. I say take the money and let's right. do what we need to do with right. it. Right. Okay. Uh, and so then. The the other issue uh, I'm getting questions from people here. There's a there's a proposal I know that's been been put out there before. Like, uh, should the animal shelter be its own department or should it be under the sheriff? Well, and I know I know that was um, proposed a couple of years ago. There was a big uh, to do about that. Um, it's under the sheriff now. I would have to look at that and uh, get back with you because right. I don't know. Right. Uh, when you look at uh, other issues, too, what stands out in your mind uh, going forward on how to make this office work? What, what, uh, what do you think are issues we haven't talked about or where you think um, you're, you might see some surprises? Um, actually, that was uh, something I asked Carly the other day. Mm-hmm. What surprises am I going to see? Yeah. Um, just like running for office, there were surprises there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I want to uh, make sure law enforcement is taken care of. Right. That's a top priority for me. Right. Um, land development, watch that closely. There's only so much we can do, but if we don't watch what's going on with that, we're going to end up uh, with something we don't want. There. Right, right. Um, and I don't know what to expect uh, surprise-wise. We'll see about that. But, right. Um, I just want to make sure that Kerr County is taken care of. Right. And the people in it. When you look at um, your, your campaign over the next, you know, going into the primary, and just so we, everyone knows, we're talking with Sonia Hooten, who's running for Precinct 2 of the County Commissioner's Court. She's one of five Republican candidates uh, that are th- going to be in the March primary. Uh, we expect a runoff uh, at some point later in the year and then the general election. But there's, the, to my understanding, there's no Democrat challenging um, the race. So pretty much this is the race right now. Um, 
you know, what does the next uh, 60 days look for look like for you as far as... Um, real busy. Real busy, <laughs> real right. Real busy. Uh, I've gotten a couple more um, emails about uh, some quorums, mm -hmm. so I know that will be coming up. Right. Um, door knocking, I'm continuing to do that, so right. you'll be seeing me come to your door uh, if you live in Precinct 2. And just um, trying to get the word out to everybody. When you go to the door to do the door knocking piece of that, what is that like? What is that? What is that? You know, that really uh, intimidated me. I'm not. I'm not a person that puts herself out there. Right. Um, but I really enjoyed that. Right. It was. It was really fun talking to people. Do you ever find you find yourself like getting like in deep in a conversation? Like I gotta. I gotta go to the next house. You know. <laughs> uh, I haven't. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of people ask me if I would come back mm -hmm. and speak to them, um, you know, for an extended period of time. And right. I did that. Right. Um, I enjoy one on one. Yeah. Um, what has been the response so far? I, I've had very good response. I don't know the history of this either. Has there ever been a woman on the on the commissioner's court? There has not. But so I don't want to run on that. You don't want to run on that. OK. No. You, what do you want to run on? On the fact that I care about the community. I want to keep. Um, our quality of life here. I want um, for our kids and our grandkids to enjoy what I enjoyed as a, as a kid. Right. Great stuff. Thank you so much for being okay. here. I appreciate Thank it very you. much. And I'd like to just, I mean, I am not a politician. Yeah. If you were looking for a politician, don't pick me. Right. <laughs> uh, let me just, Sonia Hooten has, has a great looking website, by the way. Uh, and I'll, and that's thanks to my niece. Oh, so no you, credit to me. You got you got family that's uh, that's doing it, right? She's a techie girl. That's that's good to have. <coughs> it is. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, Fifth generation Kerr County is a very slick looking website, by the way. Uh, let me go ahead and show it to everybody so they know where we're talking about. There it is. Uh, so uh, join our team, a fifth generation resident with a, a passion to ensure Kerr County maintains the quality of life. All the things that she's been doing: athletic booster, band booster. Centerpoint Stock Show. She's a member of the Republican Women of Kirk County, who are going to be on the show in a couple of weeks, by the way. Uh, and then Caring for America Committee uh, Chairwoman. And uh, so many things that are in here. Uh, so take a look at her website if you want more information for her as well. And then we'll put that on. Um, we'll put uh, our three things that we've learned from Sonia as well. We're still looking to, to talk to John Sheffield and Jack Pratt. Um, we'll probably have to get them on not this next week, or we'll get them on at some point here. But, uh, Sonia, will you come back on again and talk to us as we get a little closer to the election? Certainly. Absolutely. I'd enjoy it. We, we, we really appreciate your time, and, uh, and good luck on the race. Thank you. So, all right, everybody. Well, that's it. Uh, Friday. Thank you guys for being here on, on, the, on a Friday. Uh, tomorrow, uh, if you're out, remember that the, the Dietert Center will be having their open house from 10 to, to noon. Uh, stories we'll be watching the rest of the day. Of course, what, will, what, what, what is the hospitalization thing looks like? Um, with uh, with uh, with us basically, uh, there was one comment that I wanted to address in the chat from Calvin Ricks, uh, and he's absolutely right. Uh, but I want to put it some uh, more into this as well. Uh, Calvin put, pointed out that the flu, uh, many people are hospitalized and die every year from the flu. That being said, I'm not suggesting there's a large percentage of hospitalized. You're right. Uh, Here's the thing that I want to remind people about. There was this mythology that's out there that the flu kills a lot of people a year, every year. I think that you had the Supremes, uh, Neil Gorsuch and Sonia Sotomayor, both issued basically, which is appalling for Supreme Court justices to say these things. 
really bad information about healthcare. Uh, uh, I think Gorsuch said that you know the flu kills hundreds of thousands, if not more, than than COVID, which is not true. Um, and then uh, Sotomayor like overplayed the number of kids, you know, that are being you know infected. Remember, the virus has been mild for children. The Omicron variant necessarily not has not necessarily been mi- mild, um, and we don't know what mild looks like. But going back to the flu, is remember, if you go back and look at CDC data going past 20 years or 50 years, about 25 people have died in Kerr County from the flu. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago we had a sheriff's deputy die, and that was very hard, you know, from, from the flu. Um, and so this is one of those things where um, we need to put it into context, right? If you look at August and uh, September, when you don't normally have respiratory illnesses, that's when this thing hit really, really hard and killed 40 people. So that's more than the flu has put, it, put, put out, in, uh, you know, in the last year. And remember, the flu has different variants as well. A flu, B flu, C flu, whatever you need, the bird flu, swine flu, different variants are out there. What's happened in the last month is so incredible as far as the numbers go that it basically blows away the flu over the last five years in just a month. Three days in December... There was 100 and, like 150,000 people, uh, 130,000 people that, uh, that tested positive for the virus. That's more than tested positive for the flu in five years. So keep that in mind. All right, everybody, thanks a lot for being here. Uh, we'll see you guys again on Monday. Verla Bruner will be here joining us talking about the VA dogs. It'll be Martin Luther King Day. We'll talk a little bit about Martin Luther King and uh, contributions that he's made to our, our, our world and our life. And so... There you go. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. We'll see you guys again on Monday. When this life is over,